Welcome to another episode of the RAG podcast. And for those of you who don't know, the RAG stands for Recruitment Agency Growth. Since early 2019, I've been interviewing the most successful and innovative recruitment owners to learn how they rose to the top of their game. In season seven, I'm going to be having raw, authentic and insightful conversations with agency owners, entrepreneurs, leaders, people across the industry. And I want to be learning about their ambitions, what's happening behind the scenes in their agencies today and their plans to navigate difficult market conditions. I'll be bringing you the latest and greatest recruitment stories every single week on Wednesdays at noon across multiple platforms. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the RAG podcast on this week's show. I wanted to speak directly to one of our partners, Vincere. So these guys have sponsored the show for the last three years and I've got a lot of Love for the brand, great relationships with the business, and I'm really grateful for the support they've given me and our industry. However, about a year ago, they were acquired by the Access Group, who are the fastest growing, largest software company in Europe. Okay. And after they were acquired, the two founders, Bernie and Eloise, Bernie's been on the show in the past, exited almost immediately. Um, since the acquisition by, by Access Group, there has been, I would say, negative comments across the industry. I've heard pretty negative stuff, and their reputation has taken some damage. So today, I interviewed Nick Thompson, the commercial director for Access Group's recruitment division, and Christy Gillum, the product director at Vincere. She was there pre-acquisition and has been with the business post-acquisition. These guys are the new Bernie and Eloise, if you like. And... We had a really candid, hard-hitting conversation that I wanted to have on your behalf. So I wanted to ask them the hard-hitting questions as to what the hell they've been doing. Why is there so much negative press regarding support and functionality and all the different things? And what are they going to do about it? Like, are they actually going to make change? In this episode, they break down some of the big ticket items they're working on, the reasons why you felt some pain or some customers felt some pain and what they're going to do about it. And hopefully you're going to, not only learn about the product, but also build some form of connection with the two people that are going to be the face of the brand and are going to be able to help you get to the bottom of any issues you've got. This is the first in a series of conversations we're going to have with them. I want you to listen. I want you to come back to me and them with your questions, with your challenges, and we'll have another conversation. And over time, I want to make sure that we're holding them accountable to being the best operating system provider they can be. So listen up, take notes and prepare to ask some more questions without further ado. Nick, Christy, welcome to the RAG podcast. Hey, thanks for having us on. Thank it's not, it's not often I have two people on the show. <laughs> it's always a bit like I look around like, who's going to speak next? Um, <laughs> but guys, thank you so much. We've got Nick in the UK and we've got Christy joining me from Sydney, I believe, in Australia. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, we've, we've already done the chat about the weather, so we'll keep that <laughs> Clients don't need to know your opinions of, of the UK weather, Christy. Um, but if, look, I've, I've given you a really brief introduction there, but obviously you're both part of Vincere and the Access Group. Um, if you could start, start with you, Nick. If you just give us a really high-level um, bird's-eye view of your job in the business, and then we'll do the same with Christy, and then we'll get into the, the story. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Sean. I mean, yeah, I, mean I joined Access back in um, September there, but my, I'm chief commercial officer for the rec division. So I'm responsible for all the commercial operations and uh, joined specifically because of this transaction and Christy and the team. So um, 
it's a it's a fairly big role, global hours, which is a lot of fun, but uh, having a great yeah. time. Bet, bet. And Christy, what's your job? Yeah, so I am the product director at Vincherry. Um, I jumped over to Vincherry. I used to work for a competitor, actually. And mm -hmm. um, I remember our, um, our uh, sales director asking me one day, have you heard of these Vincere people? And I was like, <laughs> no, never heard of them. Um, I remember looking up their website and going, looking at the roadmap and going, yeah, good luck. And then within three years, I were everywhere and I wanted to be part of it. I could see the potential. So kind of uh, approached Bernie and Eloise and said, hey, I want to come and help you build your product. So, Wow. Yeah. So you, you made a conscious <laughs> move to join them. I did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I was, awesome. um, I was excited by what they were doing. Um, yeah. So. Amazing. And still you were, so you were with the business pre-acquisition pre from Axis, I was. Right? So, I was, So this yes. is a really interesting lens we've got here. We've got two people from the business who've come in at different times. One is pre-acquisition, one is, is sort of with and post-acquisition. Um, to set the tone for the conversation, look, what I'm not here to do is, this is not a supplier sales podcast where we're like, Vincheria are amazing, buy our latest tools and download this shit, blah, 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 blah. We're not doing that, right? Should I leave? Yeah. Should I just leave that? <laughs> Commercial opposite just went off. Right. Um, but the truth is, the truth is like a lot of, I don't do that on this show. It's a very formal, yeah. like, it's a very strict format where I interview founders and tell their story. And I don't want to yeah. dilute it with suppliers. But Vincere have backed me, along with a few other really good podcasts in the industry, for a number of years. And I'm genuinely um, very loyal to the brand. I, you know, I've had, I've had other CRMs, I won't name them, but uh, approach me about being a sponsor on the show. And I've said no. Um, and, and today, I think what, why I wanted to have this conversation was because, in my opinion, being someone who's connected across the industry, working with over 300 agencies right now, lots of them Vincherry customers, the general feedback and feeling post-acquisition isn't great, okay? There's a bit of, there's some negative press. There's a lot of whinging and moaning. And rather than pretend it isn't happening, I thought we'd be better hitting it head on, having a genuine grown-up adult conversation about the reality of what's going on and yeah. giving people a chance to hear from what people inside um, about the reality of the deal, what's happened since and where you're heading. Is that all right? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. of course. Sounds so, great. If I pick with you, start with you, Christy, and we talk about pre-acquisition. Like mm -hmm. the thing I loved about Vincere was what you just said, right? I knew Bernie and, and Eloise pretty well. Like yeah. Eloise on WhatsApp was like, you know, Sean, can you do this? And we had this kind of relationship. And I think she had that with most people in the industry. She yeah, was she so did. well connected. Um, and it, I'll be honest, I, all I saw was these guys are, are going for it and they're going to compete mm. with Bullhorn in every area. And, and it was either, it was, it was one or the other pretty much on this side of the, of the, of the world. I think, I think job adder where you worked in, in Australia, yeah. got a, a really strong foothold. Um, yeah. But everywhere else, it felt like it was Bullhorn of in Cherry. And then yeah. it came a little bit out of the blue. The, not just the acquisition, but they, the fact they were gone, like they were literally out the door and, and, I haven't heard from them since. I mean, I could probably make an effort. To <laughs> I, I have. There's, they're very yeah, well. I, I they're enjoying, are, I hope they're, enjoying I hope they're doing well. I'm sure they're, they're, they're having a good life. So, yeah. I hope they're having a good life and, and everything in between. So tell me, what yes. was it like from your perspective? You joined this business. Yes. What happened? Okay, I joined this business and as you're saying, Bernie and Eloise, like large characters, both of yeah. them. So I came in to... Um, Vincherry in a different role. Uh, Bernie then made me head a product within two weeks. Right. Um, started in that. Uh, 
we made a lot of changes. I talked to him a lot about where he was going to take it and where we actually needed to dial it back a bit. Got him on board. Um, look, I think it was really hard for him to hand over his baby to me. And so I do think that's perhaps why they did leave after the, acquis- the acquisition was just right. that it, it would have been hard for him to take some of the, um, yeah, I guess the negativity, we are getting that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, look, he what he built, the bones of this product is great. Uh, now we just have to go in and fill in that MVP and continue to iterate. But so did, you, did you see it coming? Like, did you Was it yes. something you knew was going to happen for a long time? Yes. How long are we talking? I knew when I joined. Right. So, yeah, I knew when I joined that that was the plan. And so Bernie and I had been working on a plan for me to take over the product. And so it had been, uh, I think I was there for 12 months before he left. So we had worked really closely together. I knew his vision. I knew what he wanted to do. Um, And now I'm kind of mixing that with my own style as well. And was it always always the access group or was it just, they just knew they would be acquired? Oh, knew they'd be acquired. We didn't know by who. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that makes sense. Because um, I, re- I remember when they got married and they, he wore his Vincere polo on. <laughs> <laughs> they, <laughs> they lived Vincere. Yeah, there's not many, like, there's not many big tech, <laughs> like, you know, founders with a face, if you know what I mean. Like, you, you, know, yeah. you don't really know who runs Bull on. It's just a business. Or if you can, you know, yeah. there's so many tech products out there that mm-hmm. I love a face to a business. I think yes. it, it adds so much personality <laughs> and emotion. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's partly why we love the brand so much everyone loved the brand so much because they were real they were genuine real people if yeah. i remember speaking I, I think we should do this they try and do it like it wasn't like yeah. it go through seven hoops of bureaucracy it was just like yeah all right we'll try that okay um and they made such a good effort so but i think right. i think you make i think you're making a good point there sean though i mean that's that ultimately is a really important part to the story i mean i see it as my role picking up that mantle that eloise was undertaking with the market and the engagement and that's certainly been the approaches i've joined is is getting out there and starting to meet the meet the market, understand the the individuals, understanding what's happening because it, it is fundamentally having built three software businesses myself. It, it comes back to the 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 human brand. We're all trying to achieve the same things here. We're trying to support the industry. You need to get that feedback. Sometimes we don't always get it right, but we will get it right in the end. Um, but you need to be able to trust the brand, and I think that's certainly the remit that I've been given since I came over was was to take on that position and to start building. Um, the human face of of what we're trying to do here, because we're it's all about that mission and why we really acquired Vincere was because the missions aligned, but the approach that Vincere was taking was so different, and that's what we're trying to absorb. So we've got as much to learn, and we have been learning from Vinny as we have about helping bring some structure and helping them scale. It's the two. It's actually yeah. quite symbiotic, but we've got to finding do a that job balance. Though, yeah, I think I think perhaps we've uh, we've got that balance wrong. Um, post-acquisition, if I can say candidly. How would you describe, so what do you mean, I, I get your point, but what, can you give us some real life examples? Um, I guess it, it is it is that um, entrepreneurial spirit that we're just going to go and do it. So that did slow down a bit post-acquisition. Um, but now we're bringing that back um, mm-hmm. very much so. Nick and I as well, we're, we're working quite closely together in making sure that we've got room to react quickly and to react to market conditions and say, we have to do this and we have to do it now. So we're going to pull something else out. And that's the way I'm used to working is in that really agile way. So um, we've had to find that balance and access a quite supportive and uh, especially if me breaking the rules, I think they quite like it. That's different for them. Um, but it's, it's um, 
yeah, I, I can feel the energy coming back now. But there, there was, was a period, what, and what was it like? We like, do need to. Yeah. Talk us through, like, from your perspective, Christy. What, what did it? Mm -hmm. How? What actually changed? So one day Bernie's there, the next day he's not for you. Yes. And then, <laughs> what, what did the acquisition of access? What did it really mean? Uh, it was the whole suite of products. So it went from being just Venturi to being the Rector Vision. So a lot of what um, Venturi has been focusing on is building integrations to the other recruitment products. So to Fast Track, to Volcanic, and then we've got Screening. So it changed from being all about Vinny to having to think about you know, the access suite, which was ultimately what Vinny was trying to do, which was be that one-stop shop. For everything you needed so it was um a different way of getting there than what we yeah. were originally going to do which was build it all and um take on the world so yeah i guess it was just trying to meld different ways of working into our slightly uh yeah look let's just throw caution to the wind and try something so what, and yeah what, what what were the how do access operate in terms of making changes and and implementing projects compared to the the old video. <laughs> How would they? Uh, it's, it's a little bit. It's a little bit night and day, but it's probably for the best, to be honest. Um, look, we there's a lot more planning now, a lot more structure. The teams are a lot more settled. We've got squads. We've got proper agile processes in place, so we know what's coming up and we know what we can pull out. Whereas before, we'd finish a release and have no idea what we're going to work on next. So there needed to be a balance. So I think we're we're finally getting there with that. Um, so yeah, definitely definitely brought structure into the so team. So if I'm I understanding that correctly, just one sec. Is it, if I'm understanding that, mm -hmm. the early stage of, of post acquisition was where, like I say, where you were always looking at your product, your teams and resources were probably looking at the other products and thinking, what what are we doing here? And so the the you know that that focus laser focus on Vincere and its customers perhaps was spread a bit thin across other 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 priorities and things that people just getting used to the new way of working yeah yeah it definitely took a little bit of time to adjust um and to change our strategy from being uh the vinny is your one-stop shop we didn't have much marketplace partners at the time we've changed our strategy on that the last six months we've added 10 new partners we've got more on the go we have changed the way that we look at the market and the way that we want to present ourselves. So we want to still make sure that when you come to Vincere, you can take from Access everything you need, but we want to give users choice. And that that is actually something Bernie and I would have disagreed on if he was still here. So um, it's something I think is incredibly important that we're connecting to the recruitment community. I was a recruiter for a long time. Um, I also implemented systems for businesses. So giving them that choice of you can use this because we've got an integration or you can take. Whereas Vinny, before it was about, we'll just build every product ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And we, oh. we wouldn't, we didn't play well with others. And I do think that <laughs> came across a little bit. So, right. which is why they were so groundbreaking though. It was, it was just so different to what everyone else was doing. And so. I think, I think it comes back to as well, like every, every acquisition, and certainly every product, whether you get acquired or not, there's periods where you have to go through transition. You rapidly add features to your platform. And then, then there comes a certain point where you've got to reflect back, pay down some of the corners you maybe cut historically to yeah, get to the point you've got at. to make sure then, as an example, Sean, to give you something tangible, um, Chris and the team have been working on how do they deploy without having to get downtime on the platform so that rather than 
um, taking the systems offline to do upgrades. You can do them hop into production, which means customers get a better experience. And we've been working on stuff like that, but that doesn't give you a new feature. But what it does is enables the engineers to work faster. So there's a little period there where typically you will have a lull, things will slow down a bit, and then they'll accelerate again because we've retooled the teams, retrained them on some of the the latest development techniques. That does lead to a lull, but it doesn't mean we don't make mistakes. Like if I was to give you another example of something post-acquisition is roundabout support. It's probably the hottest potato of the the whole thing. Um, like we made a mistake there where ultimately, as I said at the beginning there, we acquired and wanted to work with Vinny because of the way it was engaging with the market. One of the ways it did a fabulous job was with instant chat inside the product. But ultimately, one of the things that we do when we, we bring something is we want to try and standardize into a single way of customers interacting with support. When we took away that mechanism of support and ultimately that that was one of the big mistakes we made because actually there's two different types of support. There's something's broken and you need a lot of structure around about that. But then there's a lot of the how-to advice. How do I use the platform to do X, Y, and Z? And that was the support that got taken away. And so we've added that back in. So that, that instant chat has now come back in and that's now rolled out across the rest of Access Group's other products. So that's an example right. of the other, yeah, the other way. Exactly. But equally, you make a change like that, means you live up to your stereotype that the market perceives of us and we made a mistake and that is an example of we're quite happy to say look we'll make mistakes but we will listen and we will we will adjust and when when you took that away what actually happened what was the reality of the repercussions but the the repercussions of it is you you have customers that that were used to just coming into a product clicking one button and then being able to ask a question that what it switched to was okay now you have to log into the the support portal where you can then go in there and you can see all sorts of different things as well as submit support tickets you can see how many credits you've got for technical support and advice and guidance you can um, get slas and alerts and everything else coming off the back of that structure but that structure meant there was another login there was another click as then you've got a all the whole experience was just not as seamless plus it's restricted to a few users within an organization who've got the sort of the technical expertise to be able to interact with the support teams so there were just too many barriers and that's the mm-hmm. complete antithesis of what you want to do with products like like Vinny, where you want mm-hmm. all your users who are in that product, CRM is the lifeblood of how they operate. They need to be able to ask questions when they're working at 11 o'clock at night of a support desk and the team are saying, look, this is how, how, you, how you use the platform. So it's just that transition was just so stark. Mm-hmm. Suddenly it looked like stuff was getting taken away. We've added it back in and we added it back in February time, Christy, was yeah. it? January, February? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it takes time for that experience to come back to to the market. Um, uh, yeah, and I, I think during that period as well, when it was uh, offline, that people found other ways to contact us. I know I've never been messaged so much on LinkedIn. Um, people were tracking us down and we knew that, you know, we, we had to do something. And I think that some people are still doing that. They're still going to those old channels um, mm-hmm. instead of getting back onto what we used to do, so. From a like customer success training, onboarding support framework, like what, what does that look like? How many clients have you got and how many people have you got supporting those people? Um, I, I couldn't give you the exact numbers. I would, I would be, be remiss to, to give you the the a, a guesstimate number on that sean but but the reality of it is yes it's what three and three thousand odd customers globally across all different time zones mm-hmm. uh we've got everything from america through to australia and everything in between so so ultimately we've got that 24 uh, hour support which again is 
important part of the, the structure. But that's that's, very, that's reactive support. I'm talking about the proactive bit. So when proactive. people sign up, when, yep. what do they get and how do, do they have an account manager that's proactively checking? Like that, that's the bit that I've, I've picked up that is missing from people that say, look, it feels like you buy it and it looks great, but then that yep. you're left on your own. Like there's no one else, there's no one there actually to onboard you and support you in the early days. Is that some, like, how do you approach that? Well, I mean, look, we basically, every single customer goes through a, a comprehensive plan that was, the onboarding process looks almost identical to what it did before acquisition. Before. We've not made a huge amount of changes there, but we have accept, ex, um, made changes around about the training programs and made them more bite-sized. We've just relaunched the, the training academy so that customers can um, uh, can self-serve into the various different areas of training, but they do get an onboarding process. The we will work with the customers to help them do the training, and there's a training team for that very purpose. Um, we have also, one of the things we brought out, because they didn't exist pre-acquisition, there was no Vincheri account managers. Vincheri was a new business machine. We've now got Vincheri account managers that are working and, and known to the accounts where they're working with the accounts to understand how they're getting on and then dealing with sort of their commercial queries and helping them understand what, what other services they might need. We've got a CSM team as well. And we just released the different support levels because not everybody wants to have the same level of service. So we've launched the CSM program where we will um, have somebody that will come and work with the business every quarter, understand where you're trying to go. Are you trying to acquire a new business? Are you having issues in a particular brand or a pocket or a team and work out what you need? But not everybody wants us that close. Some people just want us for that reactive how-to support. Yeah. Some people want us to be a lot closer with the business and understand what they're trying to achieve and be really part of their journey. And so we've just released three other support levels that folks can add to their packages because I think that was one of the areas we saw when we came in that there was, we needed to bring more structure to that post post live process. Um, and hopefully again, if you speak to some of the customers we've had that chance to interact with, it'll take us time to get around everybody, but happy for anybody to message me directly. Um, they'll see that we are coming much closer and you'll still see if you look at our trust pilot, trust radius, G cloud scores, you're seeing those numbers continue to tick back up. Um, and so we're running with the highest scores across all the CRMs on those platforms. So that's not coming because we're just manufacturing it. That is coming because we're, we're investing heavily to improve that support experience. And we are listening because we made some mistakes and we needed to make that more scalable. But that was one of the other things of the whole journey. What's the difference between a, an account manager and a CSM? How would you define the difference? Yeah, I mean, look, an account manager's job is to, to and the distinction between a CSM, a CSM is going to come and, and work with you on a dedicated basis to understand, like, what are you trying to achieve? And then what, because some of it might be, for example, you might need to tag up your content if you start geotagging it so it's easier for you to understand where your candidates are and plot them on maps. And there's, that might help with the, help you fill a, a temporary vacancy faster. Um it might be that a certain that, that again the CSM's job is to understand what you are trying to do and work with you on a dedicated basis and look at adoption in your organization. Account manager's job is to make sure that we stay aligned with where you're trying to go. Like I'm looking to acquire another business. Uh, I've, we need to overhaul what we're doing with the website, and it's a completely new area that they're expanding into. So an account manager's job is to maintain that strategic relationship with, let's say, the MD and the owner, the FD of the organization. CSM's job is to work with the operations head, the teams within the business to make sure that right. the teams are adopting. So it's one's about alignment, the other is about adoption. Yeah, one's yeah, make more more granular detail based. Makes yes. sense. Yeah. Okay. Um so the big thing about support then, the the reality is you you've put you've brought back in that 
really, you know, fast reactive, fast reactive opportunity for people. Plus, you're investing in more people and more teams from from a proactive perspective. Yeah, yeah. And how many of like you know when people are listening to this, what percent? Again, again, I don't hold. I don't, I'm not holding you to exact numbers here. But what percentage of the client base are going to say, "Well, I haven't heard. This. I haven't seen this yet. Like this isn't. This hasn't actually impacted me." Is it? Is it? Everyone's already. Has everyone had an account manager reach out, or is there still a large proportion that won't have? Like, what are we? What are we looking at? From a yeah, but I, I, you're, you're you're hitting on the right points. But look, ultimately, the reality is we have that three three thousand odd customers across the globe, and it's going to take time for us to be able to reach them all. The the account management structure typically t- kicks in around about that ten um, user base and upwards. Everything that's under that level, we, we want to build and increasingly invest in that digital-only model, and that's why we've released the revised training academies and everything else. So that, that's a key part, because if you're not adopting, then at any level, you need to have access to that support yeah. and the training and the guidance. Um, but when you 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 working with each one of those accounts, you'll start, I would say that the, ch- the challenge that we've seen is that it was, and this is partly what our big focus has been since the acquisition, is you because you've got such volume, we've had to build scalable processes. So we have to be able to monitor the accounts and, and be able to say, look, where do we think customers are, are having issues and then reach out to them uh, proactively. So I, to my mind, I think you're still going to see this kind of V-shaped approach, Sean, where some people will still be in pain, but we would encourage them to reach out to either myself or Christy, and we will quite mm-hmm. happily get engaged and we'll work out the process. And then equally on the other side, um, they, they will see us, proactively reaching into the different accounts. And, and we certainly get a lot of feedback for those that are being account managed, that the account managers are coming up, we're doing reviews, we're working out where they're going. And, the, and I, so I would suggest that a fair chunk of the customers are now starting to see the, the change there. But Christy monitors the NPS scores, the satisfaction scores of the users across the base, Absolutely. and we can we can identify the happiness. It's, uh, yeah, so our PNPS scores, I it's like a religion to me. I reach out to anyone who is a zero personally and chat to them. Um, we also have a product feedback form um, on our product portal, and that comes straight through to my team on Slack. We get it live again. I reach out personally to a lot of clients. If they've got great ideas, I'll call them and say, yep, love this. Let's talk it through. Let's get this wireframed. We have a lot of ways for clients to interact with us. And I think it's really important that we are talking to those clients. And that's something that we're um, we're looking to bring in a customer advisory board for those people who have given us product feedback. So if they have engaged with us in that way, they'll get an invite to come and join the advisory board. They'll be able to see how their feedback comes into the product because we have actually released in the last 12 months 87 features which is 43 percent of everything we've released was direct from client feedback so we really are talking to our users um, on the product side more than ever um, and we are encouraging them to interact with us in that way so that we can you know, get to the bottom of the issues. But yeah, like I said, PMPS scores, if someone leaves a comment and some of the comments could be harsh, I mean, some nights I think, wow, <laughs> that, was, that was a bit mean. But, you know, it's great. I, you know, everyone I've reached out to who has left one of those comments have ended up leaving on, on a good note. So I reach out, we talk through issues, we go through why and where we're at and where the roadmap is and what we're going to do. It is hard to get to those 3,000 customers though. So it's something that I don't think even, that's not just us struggling with that. It's hard to communicate, which is why 
things like this is great where we can kind of say look this yeah, is where we're going this is what we're doing um we're not we're actually not sitting silently in the background there's so much going on but what how I we like let about, people know about that is what i like yeah. is again this is the first interaction i've had with you guys but i do feel like you know we've got a replacement for bincho uh, for bincho for bernie and a replacement for eloise in a way you know you two are, are thinking about the same things they were thinking about you're put your people that are open to a chat you're open to a direct oh, method you're not hiding behind access yeah. goes through all of these levels yeah. which i think is really really important and people you know hopefully will 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 take that and and use it um let's talk about the if we put support to one side, I think we've we've crossed that bridge. And again, mm-hmm. the proof's going to be in the pudding if you guys. That's right. It. Yeah. Because if you can't, it's going to come out, right? It's yeah. going to keep coming out. I yeah. I personally don't want to hear in six months' time if I'm promoting this product on my show. <laughs> I no, honestly, my reputation <laughs> yeah. is being. Yeah. If I'm saying get Vincere, and then someone DMs me and goes, "Mate, what a shit recommendation!" I don't need. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I ain't going to jump to Bullhorn and someone else because I believe in the brand. I always have. Mm. So. I'm in it with you, right? Um, but if we look at that to one side, I've got a couple of ideas of things I'd like to ask. But before I do, like, what other things are you working on? Like, what other big ticket items, roadmap projects are you are you working on that you think people would be interested to know about? And it's, that's quite an open question. There's there's certainly one from my side, and I let Christy comment on the the goodies in her kit bag. But <laughs> what one of the things it does still touch back to support. To my mind, it is we're absolutely driven around about this whole making sure we continue to humanize but we build that scalability to make sure that we can provide it consistently one of the things we're going to be launching shortly will be an experience center in london so that it's not just about digital only support and remote support but actually creating a space where folks can come where we can drive and, and do the training courses they can we can do custom reviews on site with them so that we can start to meet other people in the teams because look it's a fabulous set of people and we're all humans at the end of the day trying to trying to get a job done. But the experience center will be central to that so that we can take teams out of their offices. They can come and do training or we can do briefings and take them through some of the features. We can do the advisory boards. So we're just creating a location in London that will be easy for folks to get to that will enable us to just create that physical connectivity. So more and more, I think even COVID kind of pushed most software companies in the world into this sort of digital 2D um, interaction model. We need to get back to three-dimensional um experiences making sure people can come in and they can see us talk to us raise any issues so that part i'm particularly excited about working with the training team and the csm so that we can whereabouts in london would be be near liverpool street so we're just in the process of just sorting out the fit out (laughs) and getting that all set up so it'd be dead easy for folks to get to and we'll obviously still have loughborough office as well for those that are up in sort of the the north and the midlands um as a location that we can use which is the access head office which great facility too but we want to make sure that we've got a dedicated space where we can go through all the all the good bits that are coming and also lean in with the teams and give them dedicated training spaces so that it's not just all desk based and in office space so are you spending hours on linkedin and cold outreach and want more business coming to you over your competition well if you're the founder or leader of a recruitment agency here's what we can do for you at Hoxo, we'll give you the training, support and resources to take you from what I call an offline recruiter, reliant on posting jobs and sending in mails to open up new customers, ultimately looking like every other recruiter on LinkedIn, to being an online recruiter, being seen by over 25,000 relevant people, driving a 200% minimum increase in engagement on your profile and seeing daily lead lists from LinkedIn that you can follow up with in six weeks time. And if you don't perform, you don't pay. Now. 
Why can we make such a bold, results-driven promise like this? Well, it's simple. There's two reasons. Firstly, whilst I've been building the RAG podcast, we've actually done what we say we'll do for our clients. In less than two years, we actually built a business generating from zero to over 1 million views per month on LinkedIn, leading to multi-million pound revenues with a sales team of me plus two people without making a single outbound cold call. Second is our track record. Not only have we done it ourselves, but we've helped over 350 agencies and over 4,000 consultants do it as well, it all in the last three years. Now, if that sounds of interest to you, click the link associated to this episode and we can book a call and tell you how we can help. Right, let's get back to the show. So, so we are a HubSpot user because we're not a recruitment firm, right? We, we don't yep. need that candidate and client bit. And mm-hmm. I, I think HubSpot is incredible. Um, we also became a HubSpot partner agency back in 2018. And we did mm-hmm. that for about four years. We no longer are. We, we finished that about two years ago, a year to two years ago. Um, the reason being, we didn't. I, I, I don't believe it's the right solution necessarily for recruitment firms because it's not built with that yes. ATS in mind. It doesn't integrate well. You end up building two versions of the truth. But one thing they got right, was what you just said, Nick. Like when I when we signed as a partner agency, they invited us to Dublin. We flew in, we w- were in their offices, we're eating yep. free meals, we're having a Guinness off the free tap, we're meeting yep. the, the technical engineers, we're we're in this room like, on presentations. Honestly, it was the service was insane, and I yep. mean. And top, you top you have to do that in recruitment. It's it's a people business. The whole thing's yeah. about relationships. It's the entire point of it. So if we're not engaging in that personable way, then we're not doing our jobs. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah agreed, agreed. I think you, the only thing, the only, the only, I guess you're a CRM in a bigger machine. Whereas if you look at Bullhorn, your competitor, they are the CRM first, then the machine is around that. I'm at, if I that's how I see it. So how can you, how can you make sure that like the Vinny, because I think the name Vinny is, it's like a, <laughs> the orange, yeah. you can, you can get people to drink the Vinny Kool-Aid. You can, yeah, yeah. like yep. access doesn't have to be the name that people go, oh, it's access actually. Like, how are you going to be able to keep Vinny's name? And, and like you say, keep that att- attachment to the brand before people just go, oh, no, no, they're just part of access. It's a machine. <laughs> it's just a <laughs> I think you know, some of the things that I, and I, had, I did a, uh, a couple of talks to some recruitment businesses at various different other events where we were talking about the access. We've made some mistakes in the recruitment industry, right? That the hands down, and let's put that, that's yeah. something that we hold our hands up and we say, look, there is mistakes that we've made and we need, we're engaging differently. We're making changes. And part of that was the Vinny acquisition and bringing things together and humanizing the brand. Access as a British software story is a, is a huge success story to, to understand what it's doing and how it's how it's grown from where it has been starting out at 10 million business to now being worth well over 10 billion and the largest software company in the whole of Europe and the fastest growing software company wow. in Europe. So it's doing a lot of things right. And the way the structure is set up is we as a division are able to run our, with full autonomy. We have our own MD, we yeah, have our own absolutely. strategy, we have our own teams. And ultimately, yep. that's critical to us to make sure that, that engagement. So it's, it's less about access. And it's just more about how yeah. we as a division have engaged in the mistakes yeah. we've made. So we've got to own that, Sean. That's not access is bad. No. It's no. that we we as a division and the way we've engaged hasn't been correct. And we've got to make changes on that front and own it. Right. So that's yeah. 
that's one thing that I do. I do defend access as a is a wonderful a software business that does charge where it's creating value. It's just we've made mistakes in the division about how we've done it and how we've gone about engaging with the market. So Christy and I are here to change that and, and make that yeah. better. And I know that support comes from the top down as well. I mean, I've had many conversations with Chris Vane, who has said, just go out there, just do your thing. Go and so, go and, you know, do what you need to do. There is no, there's no blockers being put in our way. Correct. So, so building businesses that have longevity and scale, that's what Access does. So we're not going to disappear. We're not going to get acquired by somebody else. We've got deep pockets to acquire the, the best up and coming tech and properly get it integrated and get it to scale so that we can deliver for the industry. In terms of the Vinny brand, totally buy into the love the Vinny Kool-Aid. God, I drink it. Um, and, <laughs> and ultimately, that is why you still see the brand is still alive and kicking and we're using it heavily and we're bringing everything in because Vinny's about an approach for us. It's about this mm. high, high, uh, highly engaged model, building for recruiters, being able to deploy to two and a half thousand, three thousand companies across the globe. Um, you know, making sure that you're focused on that single mission and delivering it through the cloud. Like that is what Vinny is all around about. And that's why we're integrating the other products yes. we've already got so that they can be deployed in the same manner. So we are absolutely 100% keeping that Vinny flame alive and using it as our vehicle to, to, to drive this mission around about the Rec OS and helping recruiters win but, and integrating everything together so it's easy to consume. So it's completely changing how we interface with the market and it will continue to be strong and thriving. You'll see us pour more fuel on that as we, as the come, over the coming months. So it isn't going anywhere. Um, no, definitely not. Definitely not. I, I think it's been more energized um, recently. We had some workshops in London and, you know, it, it's absolutely the brand that we're going to market with. Um, we're going to continue to grow it. The integrations that, uh, we have been building a deep integrations. They're not what we would build with a marketplace partner. So we're still giving that choice, but we're making sure that they are going to be the best out there. And that takes time. Um, so that is being done iteratively. But if we look at our Vinny roadmap um, and what we've got on there, it is, there is some tech debt. But it's a word that I didn't really understand for a while, even though I'd worked in product for a few years. Um, but it's just making sure that Data secure, libraries are updated, we're giving you the best experience you can, the system's stable. So we're working our way through that. Um, and I kind of do look at Vinny as um, right now we're in this period of, it was built MVP and it was built quickly. Like I said, they came out of nowhere, just pull out of the gates. And it was yeah, like, yeah, where you. did these guys come from? And how did they get all of this done? So I kind of liken it now to you're building that Jenga tower and it's really easy to build it when you're just going up to the top. But when you have to make a change to something down the bottom, you can't just whip it out and pop something new in. So yeah. it's got to be done carefully. You've got to consider if I move this, what impacts will it have? We've yeah. got inconsistencies throughout the product where it works like this in one spot, doesn't work like that in the other spot. So I'm going through and I'm going back to basics. That's what my team is. We have um, a few of our catchphrases and one is our Vinny loves you. That's all our product feedback. Then we've got to go back to basics because there are some things that it should do and you assume it does and it may not do as well as it should. So we're trying to take away that clickiness, that clunkiness. That's a word I hate hearing about Vinny and I understand it. So um, especially having come from a competitor, it's all about simplicity. It's something we're really, really working on to make it intuitive and make it um, just so easy. So you don't necessarily need that training because the product mm. should it should be obvious where I go for this. 
So there's a lot of tinkering going on in the background, but doing that work takes longer uh, because we do have to pull things down and rebuild them. We're changing our code base. So um, our new entities now, contact and company, load so much faster, um, whereas the candidate one hasn't been moved over to a new code base yet. So um, I could make a crude joke, but I won't. But the, uh, we, we have blue balls that load, and we get lovely comments about how Vinceri gives you. <laughs> so wow. we Wow, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's one break. It's a bit early. It's a bit early for that. A bit early for that level, but it is five o'clock uh, in Sydney. So it is. It is. It's it's definitely beer o'clock here. Um. Yeah. Look. No. It's something that. But it does. It drives me crazy. I'm like, no. We need to get on top of this. But, you know, it's hard to explain to people that the stuff we're working on in the background is going to make it load faster. Your performance is going to be better. There's going to be more. When that's like, where's the new features? It's like, well. We're back to basics. We need to go back. We need to look at that MVP and we need to make them fully functioning features. And that's where we're getting that client feedback while not also ignoring where the market's going. So I know Nick and I spoke a while ago when I said the market's going to flip soon. We need to focus on BD. So we've looked at getting more marketplace partners in. We've got Force24, we've got Kalia, we've got some others who are going to plug that gap. But we've also been talking internally a lot about how we're going to use AI, how we're going to build out more of Vinny to focus more on that BD element because it, it is an element that we do have the deals, but not many people know how to use it. So it's something we need to take that feature and really make it prominent um, because I think that's um, that's where we really need to focus as well as we're still continuing that temp journey. I'm a temp recruiter at heart. so. Um, our scheduler is getting a bit of a facelift thanks to um, some of our clients' input um, and just making that a lot easier to use. And, yeah, it's um, it's still a really exciting product and I, it's why I came over here is the bones of it and what it can do is just phenomenal. So, But now we just have to put the polish on because I'm not going to say it's perfect. Um, no, no, but... <laughs> we're not expecting that. What, yeah. One area that I was most interested in, I mentioned HubSpot, was obviously yeah. marketing automation. And, and I used to chat mm -hmm. to Eloise a lot about it. And she, you know, I remember when Bullhorn acquired Hairfish. And I don't, you know, I don't know exactly what that product does anymore. But I remember when I first looked at it, I thought mm -hmm. it's got some of the best bits of HubSpot. But it, from a lead capture perspective, it didn't have, it was only if you had the data it could communicate it couldn't get the data in it didn't have landing page functionality it didn't have what i could build in hubspot and yeah. l was like we're gonna do this better that was her word we're gonna do this better <laughs> but i'm not convinced that anything's happened in that so what's the plan around marketing automation because yeah, the, the plan is, will, will be marketplace partners it, it'll there, be right? yeah it'll be marketplace partners and perhaps through acquisition so we do have vinnie which is an automate platform um where you can do automations but when it does come to that market the marketing bd the quickest way for us to get there is to engage with companies like hubspot and this is where it was the old vintage strategy if we're going to build it all uh when someone's already built it then we should just yeah. be working with them and, and giving those customers that option because i do have a lot of customers who do use that and there's another one as well our zoom info so um yeah we're looking at building that one as well so but this comes this is where it comes back to sean right that at certain places it, as a business strategy it does make sense to do acquisitions and 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 say well actually the of these partners these are the ones that are really central and 70 percent of the time people need this particular platform that's our mentality for what we'll acquire next as a business mm, yes will be the things that we think are central to the buying experience 
But even one of the things which, you know, Volcanic is a, as a recruiter content management system to drive and build your website and make sure we drive drive the both the candidate volume in and also make sure that we do the 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 prospects coming to your website and converting into to real clients as well like you've got to have that landing net so we've been completely revamping not just from a vini perspective we've also revamped the the volcanic propositions because what we do know is volcanic customers get 60 percent more traffic than folks that are sitting on web um web press and uh other uh, just pure play CMSs. So we know we can get more volume onto the sites, which is central to the whole BD experience and driving more business into the, the organization. But we've got to make it easier to consume. We've got to wrap the right services around the outside of that. So it's we've got to look at the whole journey. So yes, there's mm. marketing automation and how you how you drive awareness. And then there's how do you capture that and flow it into your CRM? So we're looking holistically. And that's my big push with the teams is how do we engage that so we understand the whole problem, not just part of the problem. So when you're looking at onboarding and compliance, we've got some great features in Venturi around about hard stop compliance and monitoring candidates ahead of making put them on a placement. But then we've got to make sure that the screening side all fits into that flow, and then the onboarding flow that comes after that that makes sure that you can place candidates faster. Because that's going back to the whole ethos of helping candidates. We've got to look at the whole thing, and it's it's not the right way to approach. It, so you're going to build everything because you just physically can't. You should be yeah. using the right blend of, mm. of partners, but then decide which ones that you have to own because you need to build yeah. the integration and you need to own it. So it's not just a one-way push of information yeah. and folks and are that, left with all these manual workarounds. Yeah, and that'll start in that marketplace journey quite often is that you'll have that partner, which I believe is how Bullhorn you know, originally integrated with Hearfish was through a marketplace um, as well as a few yeah, others was, have yeah. picked up. So start in the marketplace, see the adoption, see that it's working, and they go, yeah, this is the one. So, um, yeah, I think that will, that will definitely be our strategy. I mean, you're obviously close to market as well, Sean. I mean, I've, I've, I've seen the BD thing coming, and I've also seen over, over the, the most recent interactions, probably the last six months or so, has been this whole push around about organizations knowing they're having to take on lower margin business. It's becoming more competitive. They're being more squeezed. So I've also seen that from the back office, like how do you make your back office more efficient? And often they're left holding the bag of whatever Frankenstack has been selected at the front office, the back office is kind of holding all the pieces together. So a lot of our investment, as Christy was saying, why do we focus on the integrations? Because we think that we, well, we not we think, we know that's how you get real efficiency into the, the operating side of the business. So we can work with the CFO and the, the back office teams to, to make sure that these agencies can scale quicker. That's why if I'm excited, there's two main areas I'm super excited about. The work that Christie's done to integrate pay and bill properly, which I think is um, uh, is, is total game changer with what Fast Track is able to do around about interpreting time, automating invoices so that agencies can submit their invoices four to five days faster than they can today. Like making sure they could scale the back office, run two thousand high volume temp work. High volume temp, you know, two thousand. They should be they should be running one FTE for two thousand every two thousand temps they got out, but not many agencies do run with that level of efficiency. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. there's a lot of margin, yeah. there's a lot of net fee income that can be gained yeah. right there if you just solve that solve that back office scalability problem. Um, and so that's where we're we're working heavily, with, and that's why you have to own it because there's so much work that needs to go between. Oh, the absolutely. You just can't. Absolutely, yeah. I've I've built parallel integrations in the past. I built four of them. I even built one to Fast Track, um, and now being able to work with them under the Access Group, what we can do with this integration is is just another level, and we wouldn't have been able to do that without acquisition. Um, we're still keeping Time Temp in the mix, so a lot of Venturi customers love Time Temp. So do I. It's one of my 
favorite parts of Ben Jerry. Um, it's, it's that app is just so cool and we're just making it better all the time. But we wanted to keep that. Um, so we've now integrated timetemp with Fast Track as well. So you can keep that scheduler, worker roster, timetemp, what people were loving about Vinny. And then they can, then it just all goes over to the back office and the consultant can then see what they need to see without leaving VinCherry. And we'll be doing the same thing with Volcanic, um, improving our integration there. I just got a look at our new uh, acquisition last night and how that's being built into Volcanic with Diversely. Um, and yeah, cannot wait to uh, build out that integration so that people can have access to that. So without the access group there and these acquisitions, we would not be able to build that depth of integration. So. Have you seen the diverse acquisition, Sean? No, I haven't. Ah, okay. <laughs> Surprise. So, so to my mind, this this falls exactly into that world we were saying before. Like you have to be deliberate and you have to do things properly. AI is obviously a buzzword. Everyone's looking at where they can use AI. A lot of people are gone with the whole chat GPT, chucking job descriptions into chat GPT to give you job descriptions. But fundamentally, to do that job, and then you have software vendors who jump on the bandwagon and do a quick integration to open AI, say, look, look at the AI we've done, but really all they've done is just piggyback off APR. What's, yeah. what's off the back. Like One of the key things that you see is, as an example, like what Diversely does is Diversely, wonderful organization that, that Haley and team built. They work with the universities to build very specific AI that would read job descriptions to check for the inclusivity of the text that's been written. So are you write, writing a, a job description which is going to exclude a certain demographic from applying? And now, that requires research. That requires investment. You can't just pull that off the shelf. Yeah. And what you see, if you do a job description through Diversely, it will score it and say to you, look, this is heavily masculine, heavily feminine. It's biased towards this audience. Yeah. It will mm-hmm. do that check for you. Whereas if you just chuck that and your, your consultants chuck that straight into chat GPT, you will end up with heavily biased job descriptions that are being sent out with no control. And then you'll end up in whole DEI side of things. And yeah, absolutely. With... And I was speaking to Haley last night around this and the research they did based on the inclusive language. Um, you may have heard the thing that, you know, women often don't apply for jobs unless they hit every every box. They have to tick every box. And by just leaving the requirements as is, but using more inclusive language, they increase the amount of females applying for jobs by 68%. So that is just huge. Like mm. they've got all of that data to back up what they're doing. And I think that, yeah, it's it's going to be incredible to have in our products I, yeah. in the depth it's going to be in there. So, yeah. yeah. When well, I think my final question to finish would be, um, what is the new vision then? So the operating system was the vision. That was the yep. message all in one. We'll build everything. Yep. You know, <laughs> You know, Vinny will create a version of every single tool out there that's in one <laughs> system and it'll all be Vinny branded and mm-hmm. that's it, right? So how would you describe where you're heading now? Like that's my and, and I don't don't mind who answers it or both answer it in your own way, but what's the what do people need to know? I mean, I come back to it. The Rec OS is still our mission. Yeah, it helping, is helping provide that that integrated framework for customers that give them everything they need under under one contract. That's still the vision. All that's changing, really, Sean, is the, is the how. So what mm-hmm. we're saying there is actually the reality of that is you can't build it all yourself, but what you can do is you can build really great partnerships. And what you can do is you can go and acquire those startups that are innovating really quickly, and then you can bring them in and package them up. and then So they'll have a contract easy. with access that covers, it could cover Volcanic Website, Vincere CRM, Diversely, mm-hmm. all of it. 
Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. But yes, even exactly. more so than that, it's, we're going even further because it's not just about trying to bolt these things on because like that Frankenstack is still the risk in that environment. You've yeah. got to deeply yeah. integrate it. You have to yes. unify the pricing model so it's easy to consume and understand what you're paying for. You have to have the same sort of similar services wrapped around the outside. So mm-hmm. that is still um, our still the mission. The mission yeah, hasn't changed. It hasn't at all. And that, that also includes support. So when we're talking about support, if we're looking at the Vinciari fast track integration, for example, all, both of those support teams being um, trained on the other system. So it doesn't matter who you're going to get. They're going to be able to answer your query. So you're not going to get trapped in that uh, vendor <laughs> blaming the other vendor, which happens constantly with integrations yeah. because they own it. So whoever you're talking to, they're going to know Venturi, they're going to know Fast Track, and they're going to know where the problem is. So yeah. you're not going to be thrown between between the vendors as to whose problem it is, which is a huge issue. Um yeah, for sure, when you're looking at integration. So we're able to control that. Okay, guys. If I, if, I, if I do my job correctly, Sean, we'll have this conversation in a year's time again. And we, I want it to be that the market is championing for access to acquire businesses to bring it in because we've got this, this model nailed where you bring something that's a, a plucky startup that's doing really well and innovating, you bring it in and we make it easier for folks to, to, to consume. Do you, think, and we, do you think that's realistic in a year that people will... We'll have that opinion. I, I, you got to set your bar high where, wherever that bar <laughs> is, right? And I think that, but the reality of it is that acquisitions are always difficult. So yes, you're always going to have bumpiness post acquisition, but the reality of it, it will come out and proof will be in the pudding of the customers that we're working with at the moment. And you can even see it already. So yes, I am confident, Sean, because we're seeing already customers coming through. We're seeing customers being happy with the service levels that they're getting the quality of what the te- how they're interacting with the teams. We're seeing it in the scores that are all ticking right, taking us back to the top of the table. So I'm already confident that that's the approach. I think the diversely acquisition is you'll, you'll see it roll out in December into the products. So that'll be really the first one that's done under this revised model that we've, that we've got. I absolutely believe that the market will, will be a, be a supporter and advocate of what we're trying to do here. Okay. Look, next steps, I think, I want people to listen to this and I want I want people to reach out to you directly with questions. Mm-hmm. I want them to reach out to me directly with questions. I don't think we should wait till a 12 month period. I think we should have a follow up probably before the end of 2023 yeah. where yeah. We, we 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 almost absorb the fallout and what people say and then we 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 have a second conversation that might go into other directions based on what Absolutely. people are. Because yeah. I don't I don't think it's good enough to go look this is this is where we are so you yeah. <laughs> I really don't yeah. like the feedback. <laughs> the, the, the reputation <laughs> management here is key. And, and yeah, no, it absolutely is. So yeah. Nick and Christy, thank you so much for your your honesty, your your you know, it's a refreshing approach, I think, for people. And um I I, I believe you're gonna achieve what you what you say you'll do. Um and I wanna I wanna help in any way I can. So thanks so much. Um and as I said, people if, if if you're open to it, I, I encourage people to reach out and okay. we'll get you. Let's have another yeah, chat before Christmas and uh, and we'll see where we are at that point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And anybody can contact us, LinkedIn, message us. We're happy for yep. you to get our email addresses. Happy for you to share. Like we, We're not. Yeah, support, absolutely. Support tickets on, on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, totally open to talking to our customers. It's the like my favorite part of my job. So Amazing. please do. All right. Thanks so much, guys. 
Thank you as always for listening to today's show. I truly hope that you got value from it. Honestly, it's the only reason I take time every week to ensure that my audience, you guys, future and existing recruitment owners, you're learning from each other to make this industry that I love so much stronger. And today's episode is brought to you by my business, Hoxo. I'm the CEO and founder, and we're on a mission to help brand recruitment agencies and their people better. I wanna help people have the tools to stand out in the most competitive markets in the world. We're currently working with over 350 recruitment agencies and 5,000 of their consultants right now, helping them to build their personal brands to consistently win more business, attract talent, and just become that go-to recruiter in the market. Now we do have a huge coaching program, but a lot of people don't know, we also manage the brands of a lot of founders and we can do the rebrand of that company organizational piece as well. So if your recruitment agency either needs help to look and sound exactly how you want it to, or your leadership and consultant level need to get out there and drive more traffic back to that website, to the business and start using LinkedIn to generate more revenue, then you should definitely be reaching out to us. If that sounds of interest, please do visit www.hoxomedia.com or drop me, Sean, a personal message on LinkedIn. I love hearing from RAG listeners. I would love to talk to you. Uh, Look forward to it. So I'll see you again next week with another episode. Catch you soon.